Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Snap No Tap podcast. I'm Tony Cicchini, and of course, the one and only Martin Vitkowski. I hope everybody had a, in America at least, had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Martin, what's up? Well, I went to uh, Canada for Thanksgiving, and uh, as you know, I was involved in an international incident at the Canadian-U.S. border. Yeah, right. Because immediately after I went across the border, like two days later, there was some kind of a apparent car bomb terrorist attack. Everything shut down. The world goes into a standstill, only to find out that it was some crazy couple that was trying to get into a KISS concert and blew up their, their Bentley. Unbelievable. Well, we're living in the era of one conspiracy theory after the next. People have vivid imaginations. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about it, and there is some comeuppance coming on this one because um, everybody noticed that this was a ridiculous story to make up as a terrorist attack because this was during broad daylight. There were witnesses, and there was a video of a car flying through the air like it's Dukes of Hazard. And nevertheless, the news chose to go with the available conspiracy theories, which were perpetrated by various, you know, creepy individuals out there that were looking for attention. But nobody waited for evidence that was going to come any minute now. They all want to be first and get as many clicks as possible. Yeah, and that's I think we we discussed that, you know, my my theory on it is, you know, it's, it's all about being first. And it's not it's not about being correct, um, because in time, they'll forget that you blew it. And, you know, now that we have 24 seven worldwide news. uh, Yeah, it's it's just it's a race downhill. It's you know, I know the tragic things happen, but let's just say, uh, I don't know, Sioux City, Iowa, somebody gets jumped on their way home or or mugged. I. I don't want to hear about it here in Chicago. You know, it, it it doesn't matter to us. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the news was particularly terrible this time because evidently not true, anything that they were saying. And, uh, you know, we, we said this before that this is just not going to improve because there's too much reward in being first and not being right. And we will never do that to you, uh, dear listeners, because yeah. we have too much integrity. Tony and I talked about how we could start just making crap up because it will get clicks, but neither one of us can suffer through it. No, and I've suffered through a, a few days last week, never again, of going down the uh, YouTube rabbit hole uh, with with just, yeah, I don't know if you want to call it clickbait or just people who are literally clueless. I don't want to get into it today because maybe sometime after the first of the year, we'll do some um, – legitimate uh, self-defense clips. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, we have integrity. It's just not worth it. These people in the end, they may be wealthy now, they may be this or that, but I remember a line from the game of death, actually, that I would rather live a, a life of, I would rather live, a broken piece of jade than to live a life of clay. And so many people are living a life of clay. They're phonies, you know, like, like this shit with the Bentley. Yeah. It was a terrific accident. Right. I mean, uh, but in essence, it was just a car wreck. That's that, it. That's all it was. 
with with you know two people sadly perishing but it was it was a car wreck like car wrecks happen every day everywhere and people die every day everywhere and it's not worldwide news right and these uh, sensational clips are basically wasting your time and and sensationalizing stuff that is mundane making things up and we'll never do that so with that in mind what I wanted to talk about for a little bit is something that everybody just assumes is pretty easy and doesn't need to be talked about. And it's not like a sexy topic, but it's so important. Um, I'm talking about keeping your hands up. And the, the reason why I bring it up is, you know, I'll start with like a little clip here. Um, th this happened a while ago, but this is kind of like um, a brawl situation that happened at the, uh, at the Chicago Bears game. This, this is not recent. This was a while ago. However, it's horrific. And what happened here is, um, you know, this is a fight taking place somewhere in Soldier Field. And I don't know if you could oh, see boy. that, Tony, but this guy got absolutely leveled. And this is like a face down KO. Yeah, and he's wearing Walter Payton's number. Well, I don't know what he's got against Walter Payton, but man, that's brutal. Well, that's a complete, you see, that's a sucker punch, right? I mean, that guy came from behind. You know, the guy was completely unaware. Um, and, you know, that that can happen to anybody, you know. Uh, but you're right. You, you have to learn, like, okay, I don't, you just showed a very few seconds there. I don't know what the backstory was, if he was part of the, the other guy getting beat up. But... Yeah, apparently, apparently this was an ongoing altercation, right? Which is why I'm I'm saying that you know You're back I'm on your getting... desktop here for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me share that. But um, you know, the the problem is that um these guys having been in this altercation were kind of not paying attention to what was gonna happen. So this Again, this has been an ongoing altercation, and like, wow. Yeah, it's hard. See, there was a guy right to his immediate left, right before he got knocked down. I, so it's hard for me to make a judgment here on, like, see that guy right there with the gold pants? I mean, yeah. who's he? <laughs> I don't know. In right? Baseballs always involve multiple people. Yeah, right. I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, I mean, so it's, you know, unfortunately with that clip, I can't, you know, I can't really decipher it. Other than yeah, that guy came up from behind and whacked him, and man, he he was he was down for. A, a, actually, he's very lucky. Let's let's focus on that because see, the guy could have started stomping him, and he just walked away from him. He's he's actually very lucky that it, it just didn't get worse. Um, and he he gets hit again. At this point, the guy should just think about taking up basketball or something. You know, um, yeah. Fighting is not in that guy's future there. Um, yeah, he was definitely not ready for that punch. I guess that's the point I was trying to make. And, you know, I, I think I've told you before that on the Lennox Lewis um, documentary, he talks about how he expected Reddick Bolt to uh, sucker punch him. And when he was near Reddick Bolt, he found all kinds of excuses to have his hands near his, near his face. Well, you know, when... when... Uh, when you're in an eruption like like that crowd riot, 
you yeah, you never want your hands down by your waist. Okay, you just want to kind of have them up, you know, like walk, even if it's like, hey, you know, I got my hands up like, you know, like a surrender thing, just to have it there, you know, as a fence um, to make it a little more difficult. And, you know, you, you have to be aware. Sometimes you may have to circle or get look, you know, get angles. You you can't get um, you can't get tunnel vision. It it's a dangerous scenario being in a crowd. And of course, if you get ganged up on three four guys, you know, which happens, you know, commonly in in riots. Uh, I mean, it's just not your lucky day. But all all your training, you know, if your training is just strictly based on sports or one on one, you know, these are sometimes elements you just don't think of doing it's it's being aware and it's being prepared at all times you have to be right so what what are some of your the things that you should just focus on when like bringing your hands up right like i, I heard people talk about trying to cover the most surface area on your face uh, lennox lewis just had his hands up but really the guy knows what he's doing so maybe it's very quick for him to just you know steal himself and get into a ready position from having already things in play well, that's like I said, like, like you have your hands up, like you're a surrender, not way out, but keep your elbows tucked, keep your hands in line with your face. You know, they don't have to be on your face. Just be there so you can, you know, like comb your hair kind of thing, you know, uh, block and defense and footwork, you know, learn how to move properly. Footwork is so important. And you've heard me bitch and moan that, you know, a lot of people don't really utilize proper footwork. You know, working on your footwork, learning how to pivot quickly or lower, uh, uh, change your, you know, level change. I, I don't mean like a wrestler going way low, but like a boxer level change so you can, you know, slip under and stuff. Um, who cares what you look like? All right. I mean, I'd rather be caught looking with my hands up than looking like that number 34 was while he's looking at the pavement shit. You know, so you just have to be safe. Yeah, I'm surprised number 34 got up. Like, that was, I thought he was, like, dead. Larry. I mean, there, there was recently a death in Chicago. Somebody got wailed on in a sucker punch situation and never got up. Um, but let me show you this other clip, which is something that I've said before. There is a bunch of people in the sporting environment that have such a fundamentally scary approach that I, I can't watch them. It gives me agita. I get scared. <laughs> something bad's about to happen. So this is a okay. Which guy am I looking at now? Well, you tell me which guy has the improper or unsafe thing. Which guy makes me nervous to look at? Well, of course, the guy with the red shorts on. You know, because you know, with his hand, you know, with his hands so low, even after that kick, I mean, you know, it's he's almost like baiting the guy to come in on him. Um, I don't know these two. I don't know, you know, the skill level. The guy with the black did a couple of head slips there. Um, this is just, all right, I don't care what happens. The fact of the matter is, the guy with the red shorts, this keeping your hands down stuff, it's just, you know, you're just looking for trouble. Yeah, it, it's scary to me, right? Because, I mean, at one point, he's like this. <laughs> yeah, he's baiting him. He's, he's baiting him. But I, unless you are in that kind of a shape, at that kind of an age, not getting away with it will have some horrible consequences. You'll end up like 34. Yeah, right. 
Uh, and, you know, like um, the, the other guy, um, Glover Teixeira, is like an older guy, more experienced, and he's fundamentally more conservative, which doesn't make me nervous to look at. Like, if he is keeping his hands up and having a competent technique, I enjoy that watching that kind of person more because I don't feel like they're going to get stretchered out of there. Well, let me ask you this. This ponytail thing or whatever you want to call that, is it illegal to grab the hair now in UFC or no? It's illegal. It's illegal. (laughs) See what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just not fundamental. I mean, look how he's leaning forward, even the guy in the red. Even his balance is off there. Um, You know, I don't know who his opponent is. I don't know either one of these guys, but – you know, it's I, – I just I – mean, you're going to eventually run into somebody who's going to take advantage of, you know, your guard being down and you always being out of out of balance. Um, yeah, not not good to me, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's scary to me. And uh, I don't know, you also um, – like when you watch him throw punches, he throws punches that I would – think should be thrown from closer in and he throws them from really far away so he's reaching for them and if you watch boxing that is a very punishable offense and another competent boxer will take advantage of that at least like you know when i watch boxing i'm i'm a fan so well when, I, let me just okay so on, on guys that punch like that where you're his punch is landing at the tail end of the at, basically at his deceleration phase you can take that punch and just counter like that last. You don't have to go back to it, but that last clip. I mean, that dude was so wide open for a left hook. You know, it, it, it that to share or whatever you said, the other guy's name is probably isn't that skill. I don't know. These guys could be really good. I don't know. I just, this is the first time I ever saw them, but they don't look skilled. A good boxer would have clobbered them. Yeah. This is a highlight reel. So this is, I think, late in the fight. They're tired. Teixeira is an older guy, but, you know, like conservative. And uh, I like watching him better because I don't get so agitated by what's happening. But what you were just describing is the other um, guy with the ponytail was fully extended. His arm, you can see all the way into his arm is completely straight. So he's so far at the end of the punch. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um, so, you know, these are the guys that, some people want to mimic and kind of, you know, model themselves after, but but that makes me scared. Like I, I don't well, think for a guy, my minimal skill level and advanced age, this is a good technique to emulate. It's all showbiz. Okay. I mean, it's showboaty and kind of flashy in a way. So, you know, um, and again, now, not talking about, either of these two guys, but just generic people that fight like that. A lot of it has to do with the skill set of your opponents. You know, these, these are, these are not people who are strictly strikers hundred percent across the board all the time, like a boxer would be, or, or even a kickboxer. Right. So, you know, they may think, well, if I get in a little trouble, I'll, I'll take them down or whatever. or I'll go to the ground. And I, I don't know what their thought process is because I would never fight like that. I would never train anybody to fight like that. And I would never advise anybody to fight like that. And so that's all I can say. I mean, you want to keep your hands up at all times. You don't want, you want to be in good balance. You want to have good footwork. You know, uh, you want to get good angles, uh, left, right, up, down, 
in all, you know, in all the, you know, 360 degrees in there. Um, you know, that's what you really want to look at uh, and work on. Yeah, and I think the showbiz aspect is taking over. I think that's the ponytail. That's part of the look. The hands down is part of the, you know, attack mode type of thing that is being projected, but it's not realistic for for people to emulate. Um, let me go to another clip, which I like better because it's more advanced from the boxing science perspective. And this is something else that's been talked about before where um, you know they allude to um, holding your hands up in a high guard. So you know you can see the guy in blue is uh, pretty tight on his head and he's advancing that way. Uh, but his opponent is uh, a decorated, he's an Olympian, a Mexican Olympian. Well, that was a clobber. So let me rewind it a little more. Boom. Yeah, see another another good uppercut right there too. See, he's going right down the middle with those uppercuts. And that's one of the problems when you keep a high guard um, you know, you, 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 you tend to open up a little, you stop sometimes. I don't know about this guy, this Hernandez, but sometimes they'll flare their elbows out. I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but man, you've got to keep it tight. You know, you, you don't want to let them come in. Um, an uppercut can, whew, I mean, that's a power punch for a lot of fighters. I mean, like a, that's their number one punch for some fighters, you know, it's too bad. We can't see it from a different angle. Yeah, I think this is the only angle they have because it's kind of a highlight video. But, um, you know, this guy tries to hold on, but basically it's irrecoverable from absorbing blasts like that. Yeah. Well, you know something, a lot of people who, 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 who don't box or who've never really gotten hit hard, you know, um, or, or he, you don't, always go down okay uh sometimes the hardest punches don't knock you down but they because a lot of it has to do with a flash or being off balance too but you're 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 no longer really functional okay um you don't know who you are where you are what's going on blah 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 uh and you're 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 moving on uh autonomics basically right you're so it's like being out on your feet, that expression. And one of the saddest examples of this um, was the uh, Benny Perret fight. And he died. Uh, yet he didn't go down. It wasn't one punch. It was a a series of, of I mean, many punches. And, and he would maybe you know lurch forward and then get hit again, and he was he was helpless. And you know, I hate to say it, but the referee should have stopped it, um, you know, way sooner. Uh, but yet, it, it wasn't an example of him getting hit and crumbling. Although there have been fighters that that's happened to, where they've gotten hit and they've fallen and they were dead. Okay, they 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 never recovered. Um, so you're right when you said the uh, 
Hernandez or whatever, uh, really probably never recovered from those initial, uh, uh, you know, blows. They were they were right on the money, man. They were savage. Right. I, I don't know the fight you're talking about, but there were fights that ended. Like, the guy made it to the end of the fight and died in the shower afterwards. So, like, you know, sometimes they're not even dead in the ring, but that's where the fatal blow occurs. Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it's scary, okay, because there is no textbook example. It, it can happen, you know, at any time. Going way, way back um, to when... Uh, Primo Canera, Ernie Shaft died in the ring. And pretty much everybody realizes that it was Max Bear that actually probably killed Ernie Schaff in, in their previous fight. He gave such a savage beating to Ernie Schaff that he was a, you know, he was a walking dead man. And all it took was the right punch, the right tap even. Um could even it could have even happened. You know, let's say from a, a car accident, he could have hit him, hit his head, and that would have killed him because the damage was already done previously. So, it's a savage sport, but not only in sports, just in real life scenarios, self defense scenarios. You know, getting hit could kill you. You just mentioned, and I hope you elaborate on it about the Chicago one that got hit, fell, hit his head, and got killed. Yeah, that does happen. And, you know, this is not the first time either because we've talked about um, one of the Daly family members got convicted of punching a yeah. guy that, that died. But but this recent thing was in front of House of Blues and a guy got accosted by some sort of a panhandler or something like that and got punched and, and was instantly dead. And there's security camera footage of it. I don't think I found it anywhere yet, but, you know, it's a real sad story because the guy just... Uh, you know, wasn't ready for it, didn't protect himself sufficiently, and is dead. Yeah, it's it's you know, I hate I hate to say it, but don't en- you sometimes you just can't engage. Okay, funny waiting for this podcast. I got a phone call. Uh, I couldn't really understand the guy, but he claimed he was from the Illinois Department of Health, and they were making. I had to ask him several times, but the gist was. He was from the Illinois Department of Health. It was a random phone call, and he just wanted to ask health-related questions. How many times have you been to the doctor? How's your overall health? Um, what's your diet like? You know, this, these were the questions I asked him. What, what kind of questions are you going to ask me? He says, well, just stuff like this. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't feel comfortable answering those questions. Goodbye. And I hung up because I don't want, I don't know who this guy is. Illinois Department of Health, how do I know, okay? Why would I tell somebody my shit that I don't know? Same with this stuff, like you see this homeless guy. Just don't engage. Just, hey, I don't want to talk to you, man. Just stay away from me, okay? Kind of like I did with this guy on the phone. I didn't like his, uh, I don't know, just, I couldn't even understand the man. I couldn't hear him, number one, but he had such a thick accent. I don't know that he's from the Illinois Department of Health. And why would they randomly, you know, it's all bullshit. So many times, if you can, in the street scenario, you just don't engage because you don't know what's up with these people. Like in this instance, you're saying it's the House of Blues. Apparently, you're saying the homeless man attacked him. So whatever he was saying was a precursor to the attack. So what gives? Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, and these kinds of scams, like 
you know, at, at some on some level, you have to ask yourself, is there anything for me to gain from engaging? And oftentimes there isn't, it's zero. And so what's the point? Just get out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, sorry, so one more thing going back to the, um, to the um, situation where the boxer was splitting the guard. Um, the, the announcer, I watched, I watched that entire fight and it was it was a good fight up to that point and that uppercut ended it. Um, but the announcers called it because they said that the Olympian having so much experience will find a way to split that guard. And what do you think about like people that are just statically coming forward with their hands in good position, but what else should be kind of added to that to avoid getting hammered? I mean, don't get me wrong, this, this is an Olympian, so not everybody has that level of skill and that level of power. This, this was his number one punch, but what else could be added? So, you know, you're not such a sitting duck. Every time you stand in front of your opponent, you're a target. Okay. Every time you're standing in front of your opponent and out moving, you're even a bigger target. Okay. So it's that head movement. It's the angles. You know, like I'm trying to do now, just sitting down, just not walking forward like this, you know, back and forth because you're asking to get clobbered. And don't forget the opponent, the guy that's going to be the offensive fighter here, he can shift a little bit to, I mean, slight, to create that opening with his body. It's not just his hands that can create the opening. It's his footwork. It's so important with footwork. I think footwork you know, can never be overdone. Okay. You can never have enough footwork. Um, so don't stand in front of your opponent. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You want your opponent in front of you, but you don't want to be in front of your opponent. You've got to remember that. And if you're in front, if you find yourself in front of your opponent, you, you screwed up with your footwork, you screwed up with your angles. Now it's okay when you're out of range. Okay. You don't have to be, you know, you can catch a little breather here. But when you're starting to get your assault going, you just don't walk right in, okay? I mean, it, it you, you just don't want to do that. And secondly, you want to be a moving target. So give them little angles. Um, know your vulnerabilities. You know, some guys can take a good shot. So they tend to, like, say, well, all right, I won't, you know, I don't, I won't guard so much because he's a soft puncher and I can take a hit. But – for for the rest of us that, you know, you want to protect yourself at all times, do not come straight in on your opponent. Look out for his power hand. And it doesn't always mean, like, if he's an orthodox fighter, it doesn't always mean that it's his right hand. This guy could be an expert at the hook, or he could have a good right uppercut. You know, so you scout your opponent, and you go from there. In a street scenario, you don't have that opportunity to scout your opponent naturally. So you really do have to protect yourself. Like the ref tells you, protect yourself at all times. Man, you have to. That's the greatest, one of the greatest sports sayings because it's so true to protect yourself at all times. It's not just a cliche. It's it's actually uh, sound advice. You know, it's, it's part of, uh, you know, boxing you know you just really do have to protect yourself because the ref can't get there sometimes in in time or will allow something to go on a little bit longer uh as i said in the in, you know with benny perrette um but just freaking man number one protect yourself at all times number two be a moving target and 
don't be in front of your opponent if you don't, you know, if you can't, if you, you know, if you can help it. And possibly have at least a little bit of conditioning so this footwork actually happens, right? Well, you, you well, that's see, that's the whole thing, you know. It this takes energy, you know, movement, movement, movement takes energy. So you you have to have your conditioning. And frankly, uh, you know, we're getting kind of deep here, but if you just don't have that conditioning for whatever reason, okay, then you got to just say, well, I got four rounds in me, so let me just open up. You know, let me just be completely offensive and, and take them out. If I can't take them out, I concede, you know, I'll lose the fight. It's funny that you mentioned that there were two really good fights this weekend. Um, one of them, and they both ended with the fighter quitting on the stool between rounds. And it wasn't because they were, you know, out of shape, but they've eaten so much punishment in the earlier rounds that there was like no sense in going on. And it was like a lot of body blows to the point where the legs would kind of stop working. So, you know, round one, two, three, they were working really hard at kind of like, you know, you'd uh, see um, Joe Frazier work. You know, he was a very busy guy because they were typically outmatched or he was typically outmatched size-wise. And same with these guys. For like three rounds, they were still at it. They were doing okay, but they got just their body got so beat up that you could see them slow down, slow down. By round five, they were taking so many blows that round six, they said, that's it. There's no point. Well, that's that's good. You know, that's that's wise because you don't – I mean, yeah, people will say, well, he could have maybe gotten a lucky punch in there. But, you know, you got to think about your career, your future, your life, you know, especially after boxing. You know, these wars – you take take a lot out of you, you know. Um, and in in essence, they could all be deadly fat fights because, you know, with uh, CTE and you know dementia pugilistica, you know, it it doesn't take a thousand blows. Okay, this is something that people have to get that don't understand it. It it doesn't take a, a thousand hits. It sometimes only can only only one or two. You know, it depends, but. Yeah, you, you you just I'm I don't know the fight. I didn't see the fight, but yeah, I'm yeah, it's it's one of those things that we can't show because it takes too long to show how the tide turns. I would love to see yeah. it with you live somewhere because it was it was a fun and satisfying fight to watch. But obviously you can't just dilute it or sorry, concentrate it into like a 30 second clip. You gotta yeah, yeah. see how it how it turns. It takes you know six rounds, that's almost 20 minutes of fighting. That's a long time. In terms of getting hit and what ha- what can happen during that period of time, yeah, that's another thing. I don't think a lot of people even realize how long three minutes is when you're really, you know, under pressure and getting hit with a lot of body shots and uh, head shots. You know, it, it it is a little different than when you when you put grappling into it because you know you can hold a little bit and rest a little bit, but man, just this constant go 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 now you're talking six rounds now you're talking 12 rounds and the old timers you know 15 rounds of stuff yeah it's it's unbelievable i don't think a lot of people truly understand how much effort that takes how much conditioning uh, let me ask you one thing like they were showing some training footage from these guys you know warming up in the locker rooms before the fights one of them had like a really weird device that looked very old timey it was a wheel with a medicine ball in the middle so he would hold the wheel and kind of work his core by rotating it have you ever seen something like that 
You know, come to think of it, I think I may have. Uh, I've never used one, so I'm not familiar with it. Uh, but now that you mention that, I I kind of think it, it looks like the planet Saturn. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, I, I, I do remember that, uh, but I've never... I've never used one, so I I can't, you know, I I can't give any insight into it. Yeah, it looked old timey. Uh, like I've never seen anything like that before, and I've seen plenty of gems. So I, I figured it's either something really new or really old. I don't I don't know, but I remember bra- somewhere in my brain I remember seeing something like that, and I don't even know if it was for boxing. I I want to think that I saw somebody doing something on the ground with it. You know, not wrestling. I mean, not even fighting related just fitness related you know but yeah but i i don't i don't i don't remember but now i'll have to think about that yeah uh you know it's i think i was saying this before that in 20 years everything we're talking about that will be ancient history and people will rediscover it on some ancient youtube footage or whatever and it'll be they'll be all amazed even though you know to you and me this is like modern this the way things go and get buried uh, we've talked about that before, like, <clears throat> I think 20 years from now, people using knees to the head in a grappling situation will be like a secret technique that only some people have heard about from ancient black and white videos. Yeah, you know, speaking of ancient black and white videos, when you look at like some of the World War II stuff, right, combatives or whatever it was, I mean, they, you know, it is what it is. But they were using these, you know, not again like high level, but the 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 uh, the uh, they know about it. You know, it's this is not rocket science. Okay, the, the human body is vulnerable. Uh, men and women have been dissecting the body for you know centuries, and you know people know a way to inflict damage. Uh, it's there. I think some of some athletes today are probably superior as far as their strength or conditioning, but not the average Joe. The average Joe is the average Joe, right? So you and I have seen many, many average Joes, and the average Joes that we've seen from the 90s and 2000s and 2020s look just like the average Joes from 1940. Right. Yeah, and there is also, like, the sporting world gives rise to trends. So, you know, something that might have been the technique that was a to-go-to technique 10 years ago, you don't see much anymore because there's a new technique that everybody's gloating about or, you know, thinks is the the next best thing. But in reality, there is a finite number of things, and they're all, everything old is new again. Yeah, right, yeah. And I think... A lot of people are trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, again, with their clickbait you were talking about earlier, they're trying to ooh and ah the YouTube crowd or the TikTok crowd or whatever it is. And when you when you know more than they do, you know, you can see, well, okay, your your thing is flashy, but boy, are you vulnerable, you know, to something else. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just – we've said it before, there is no – there there's there's no more common sense, right? There's only very few people that actually possess it and the ability to to think and to have critical thinking skills. Um, I, I just don't see it. Well, right. So like the example that we've gone through before is like there is this emphasis on 
being prepared for every situation. So instead of learning one technique, one core skill, like keeping your hands up, not super sexy, but you could practice it forever and there's still things you could do better with it. People want to learn about what to do when you get thrown through a glass door, what to do when somebody comes at you with a bar stool. The answer is the same to all these questions. You don't need a specific training video on all these different techniques, different situations that may never happen to you. Well, not only that, these these assholes that are trying to teach you how to self-defense against knives or guns or this or that with a move. Well, you forget it. Don't listen to these people. Go away. Run away because they're either complete frauds or they know that they're bullshitting you. It's either or, right? Because you have to have a whole skill set, okay? It's not going to be like one. I mean, you could get lucky. Everybody, everybody can. There's a person that buys one lottery ticket and he hits, right? And, you know, you can once in a while see a security camera video footage of somebody just untrained disarming someone and they get lucky. But you can also, I just saw videos, uh, uh, security camera of a guy, two guys that didn't get lucky. Okay. One guy got stabbed to death. The other one got shot up and I'm assuming died. Um, so don't rely on these techniques. Okay. Another thing. When you sh- when you see some expert, let's I use that with quotation marks, showing how to defend against the knife. Remember this: number one, he knows he's going to get attacked because his training partner is, you know, in on it. Number two, it's probably not a real knife, so there's no stress there. And number three, more than likely, it's rehearsed, or he tells him, "Come at me this way." If any of those criteria happen, just don't waste your time on watching the video because it's all bullshit. Okay. Don't even bother because it's it's pathetic. That's not how shit goes down, okay? And especially when you cannot replicate the uh, the adrenaline or the fear or, or the nervousness or anxiety of a real-life situation. Things don't go like they would in a gym no matter what. So you have to have a complete skill set to even have a slight chance of actually surviving without taking a major impact that's the truth and and people don't want to hear it you know people still want to believe no this move will work uh or that move um i i just can't in good conscience do it i it cost me a job many years ago because i refused to teach the bullshit uh disarms that they were showing because i told them you'll get somebody killed with this crap this shit won't work yeah, and there was a, a security guard that disarmed a guy with a rifle. And, you know, you would think that this is some amazing technique that is being deployed. But you know, I, I can't find a clip right now, but there's still screenshots. There it is. Well, yeah. first, before, don't play it. Just stop. There's it no there. clip. This is sc- st- still screenshot. Okay, well, then here's first. Th- let me just say one thing. You never want to face any weapon. But. Something like this kind of a weapon is is actually easier to deal with than a, a pistol or a, or a blade because you can get leverage here. All right. Um, the, the the and and secondly, I saw this clip and it it appeared to me now I I don't know the guys involved, but it it just appeared to me that the the, the gunman <clears throat> wasn't really. I don't know, intent 
on killing this guy um, because he should have been blasting right away. But I'm telling you here, a, a, a long rifle like that is is sometimes easier. I, I, I hate to say it; it's easier because that one makes it sound like it's a piece of cake. It's a walk in the park. It's not. But it can be easier to disarm than a pistol or a knife, believe me. Yeah, I know what you're saying, right? Because I think sober commentators on this have said in the past that this is an absolutely scary situation, no doubt about it, and awesome job by the security guard. But this guy with the rifle could have been shooting up the, the store. This was, I think, a clinic, a methadone clinic. He could have been shooting it up through the window. He doesn't even have to come in. The fact that he went into a closed close situation like this, you know, with his rifle down and he's engaging in a conversation. To your point, that makes it a little more feasible. It's still unbelievably scary, but, um, you know, this is pretty close compared to where. Well, that's just another thing that people don't address is the intent. Now, not of this guy in particular, but of anybody. Okay. There are delusional people or criminals that, that let's say want to rob you, but that's really all they want to do. You know, their intent, I mean, and we've seen it countless times through the years where a woman will, I mean, I even saw clips of it when I was younger and probably even now where a woman will hit you over the head with their purse, a little lady and shit, and fight off the mugger. I mean, this isn't hyperbole. This shit happens. Obviously. The mugger just, you know, didn't want all that. Okay, just just wanted give me your money, and she didn't want to. She hits him. All right, to hell with it. I'm taking off. Okay, so intent, you know, plays a big, big part of it. Uh, and and this is something that people also in self defense need to address. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, they're. Uh, you know, it's malpractice on their part to not let students know that if someone with a gun or a knife or so on is truly, truly intent on killing you, you know, uh, or killing someone, uh, you 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 got troubles. Yeah, they don't have to engage in a conversation like like this guy. Does. Oh, here we go. See, he didn't even shoot at him. See, right. see, he he shot away, and. See, right there. And he still didn't name. See, I, I have to believe. Now, watch when he's coming at him. See how he kind of pulls away instead of instinctively going towards the guy? It's almost like, and again, I don't know, but it just looks to me like the man really didn't want to shoot him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like He clearly fires like a warning shot or a, you know intimidating shot, but he's not aiming at the guy. And look what that security, back it up again. It looks like that security guard closed the window or something, right? See that? See yeah. how he tried to slide that, like to protect those people in, in his in his mind? You know, that's that's heroic. He did yeah. something there, like mo- motion. Yeah, or, or at least got him out of there. Yeah, whatever. Heroic, man. See that? That to me. See, this is what I talk about. You want to idolize people. Somebody like that, that. They had the balls that did it without prepared for not being prepared for it. And, you know, and, and thankfully he survived. Um, but, you know, that to me is, you know, something that you want to, 
emulate. You know, you want to have that kind of character. Um, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, um, pretty scary kind of stuff, right? <laughs> With rifles walking into a, a clinic. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, just to uh, wrap it up, we're, we're going to be doing uh, another workshop this coming weekend. Uh, so hopefully we're going to have a decent turnout. It's going to be the regular time at 1.30 p.m. at Fenders, beautiful gym. Saturday. Saturday. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll work through some grappling, some, some boxing, you know, always good stuff. I'm looking well, good. And, yeah, I'm glad you, you came up with these clips. It was an interesting thing. And uh, I hope everybody, again, had a good Thanksgiving. Now we're kicking the holiday season. I'm not in the holidays whatsoever. Um but anyway, yeah, I want to thank everybody and we'll see you guys next time on our on our next podcast. Thank you for listening and watching. All right, till next time.